This message is um, partly Scott and Vicky's fault. So if you don't like it, you can blame it on them. But in February, before they came, IM asked me to speak at the spring conference up in Minnesota, uh, in Minneapolis. And so Diane and I went up there, and I tried to get out of it, but they told me I had to. And uh, so I started praying and asking the Lord what to speak on, and, and the Lord dropped the main message in. And then when they came in February and shared what God was doing in their life, I'm, I told Diana later, I said, this is what I need. This is a real life story of another real life story of what we're going to see in here. So um, this morning, it's about being free but staying free. And um, if you've gotten stuck along the way, how to get unstuck? Now, I like to have titles for my messages, and I usually have a title in my mind when I start it. But then, as I work through it it usually changes. Um, so I'm going to give you options. I only had three, but now I have four. The first option is how to make your Christian life difficult and miserable. Uh, how to stay stuck in your Christian walk. Or um, hearing, heard, keeping on hearing. Now, you'll figure out which one I have chosen. But if you don't like any of those three, you can just think Scott and Vicki Heiser message. Okay? Now, when I talk about hearing, heard, keeping on hearing, I'm, um, the keeping on is the hard part, but I'm going to try and say it like that because we have to be keeping on hearing. We can't just keep on hearing. We have to be keeping on hearing. All right? So it's not like, I don't know if it's grammatically correct or not, but um, that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, we read this verse like this. I'm going to read it how we read it. So faith comes by hearing the Word. That's not how the Scripture is written. The scripture is written, so faith comes by hearing. Everybody say hearing. Hearing through the word of Christ. Okay? But see, we've kind of made this all one, and it really isn't. Paul is writing this, and, and he's saying that, first of all, faith comes from hearing. So we want to be hearing. Then he says how hearing comes. And so hearing comes through the Word of Christ. Now, I'm going to say something that I don't want you to think that I'm being wrong here, but you'll figure this out through the rest of the message. Faith does not come from heard. Faith comes from hearing. Okay? When you read God's Word and you begin to absorb it and stuff... There's a point where you've heard it. There's a point where your actions should declare what you are hearing so that we know that you heard. Okay? But faith does not come from heard. It comes from hearing. Hearing is an ongoing process, not a one-and-done deal. It's not like when you get married and you tell your wife, 
I told you that I loved you when we got married. That's heard. Because what you're saying is, didn't you hear what I said back then? And she's like, but I want to hear it now. Okay? In John 16, 13, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. So, remember, hearing comes through the word of Christ. And I believe that uh, Paul is referring to two things there. He's referring to the written word that is going to become the Bible. So we have the Bible that we can stand on that is the Word of God and that when we read the Word of God, we're hearing the voice of God. But I also believe that through this, John 16, 13, Jesus is letting us know that there's coming a day when we're going to hear the voice of God and it's going to be a prophetic move on us. And so we need to be attentive to that as well because He says that He will declare to you the things that are to come. So if they're to come, it's not in the Word. Okay? So there's different things that are going to happen in your life that we need to hear the voice of God. So it encompasses the written Word of God, but it also encompasses what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Whether it be Him speaking directly to us, whether it be an impression, whether He speaks through somebody else in our life, but... We need to be hearing the voice of God and the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, that's when we become free. Now, if you're born again, you've heard that voice. You've experienced that freedom. But if we're not careful and alert, we can lose our freedom. And we lose our freedom by going from hearing to heard. Okay? And when we've heard, then we get stuck. And... Again, hearing is ongoing. It's something done daily, every moment of every day. When we move from hearing to heard, we've stopped hearing the voice of God. And we live off of and proclaim only what we've heard. And when God wants to do something different, we keep going back to what we heard and not what we're hearing. And then we become dangerous because we become stuck we become stubborn, and we usually dig our heels in even more, and it causes us problems. God speaks to us differently as we grow in our relationship with Him. I remember when our children were born, and when they were infants and toddlers, and you're talking to them, and you know, you're saying things that don't even make sense, you know? You're, you say it in a voice that is not really your voice. You know, you change your whole dynamics to, to communicate with that child, that little infant. And then as they grow and as they mature, you begin to speak to them differently. And there's things in your heart that you want to say to them, but they can't receive it now. And so you, you wait for them to grow and mature, and then you are looking for that time to speak to them and and so how we speak and what we speak and the manner in which we speak all changes and that's the same with our relationship with God 
when we're infants, he speaks to us one way. He does everything for us, and then he expects growth and maturity to come. And then he stops doing things for us, and we want to know, well, God, where are you? And he says, well, it's now your time to tie your shoe. I don't like tying my shoe. Well, get some sandals in. When we go from hearing to heard, then what we do is we rehearse what we've heard instead of keep repeating what we're hearing. If you'll turn with me to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. This is what I'm talking about. And this is why it's so important for us to make sure that we're hearing, we've heard, but we're keeping on hearing. In Genesis chapter 22, we're going to start in verse 1. And it says this in verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And this is God speaking now to Abraham, verse 2. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now, we're going to pause here for a second. But here's the reality. Isaac is the son of promise. He's the only son of promise. He's the one that Abraham really loves. And now God is asking him to offer him to the Lord. Now, the reality is, Isaac is not Abraham's only son, though. There's another son that he had. His name is Ishmael, and he had him through Hagar. Okay? But the Scripture declares that it's through Isaac that Abraham is going to become the father of many nations. And so he's the son of promise. Ishmael was the son of trying to help God out to fulfill the promise that he gave. But Isaac is the fulfillment of it. Now, just hold your place in Genesis 22 or just stay there. I'm going to read out of uh, Genesis 12 real quick. This is when Abraham is 75 years old. Okay, and God speaks to him. And he says, uh, Now the Lord said to Abram, and this is before he changed his name, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you Make of you a great nation. Okay? And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Now, there's a message in that too as well. I'm not going to get into it. But if you are going to become great, there's only one reason that God wants you to become great. So that you will become a blessing. You know... We have this notion that we're going to do great things for God and we're going to look good, but, you know, it's not really about you. It's about Him and it's about others. So, you're not that great, but go do great things so that you can be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Then when he's 99 years old, he returns to him. Genesis chapter 17, verse 3. Then Abraham 
And so he comes to him and tells him this again. He says, then Abraham fell on his face and God said to him, behold, my covenant is with you and you, sh- you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings shall come from you. So remember, we just heard that he was going to, uh, he's asking for Isaac, but Isaac is the one in whom the promise is coming. So this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that God would call upon Abraham and say, Abraham, I want you to offer your son Isaac to me as a burnt offering. This is not understandable. This is not an understandable request of God. God is asking of Abraham, the son of promise, the miraculous son, the son that will cause him to be the father of many nations. He's asking for Isaac to come and be offered to the Lord, which means Isaac is going to die. And if Isaac dies, it's not hard to figure out that there's not a promise of him being the father of many nations after this. So let me read this again in verse um, 1, Genesis 22, 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Now, the Lord is amplifying this. Whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. Now, I want to tell you, he starts off Genesis 22.1 and he says, and God, after these things, God tested Abraham. Everybody say tested. Whoo, we like to be tested, don't we? How many in here like a test? See, nobody. And God starts off and he says, I'm going to test you, Abraham. And then he asks of him. Verse 3 now. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut, off, cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Let's just pause there for a moment. I just want you to know Abraham did not form a committee. He did not get on Facebook and start asking everybody, do you think this is God or not? He didn't get on Instagram and send messages out or tweet anything. It says that when God spoke to him, it says, so Abraham rose early in the morning and he started getting everything ready for this burnt offering. Verse 4, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy, everybody say, I and the boy. This is so amazing. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. 
And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. This was a three-day journey that they were going on. And I'm sure that there were some conversations between dad and son. And I wonder how they were thinking because we read this and we don't put the life into it. And so this morning, I just want to put some life into what is going on him. Abraham, think about this, as Abraham gathers everything and they head off and they make this journey and they come to this place and, and he sees the mountain that he's supposed to do this. Then there's another three-day journey that he has to walk up that mountain with his son. So Abraham has to be thinking he is going to sacrifice his son of promise. And do you know, if he's like you and I, he's got to be thinking to himself, was I really hearing God? I mean, he's got some time to work through this and to sort through this. And I can imagine what was going on in his mind. I mean, he's being obedient. He's hearing. And, you know, the way you know that your children are hearing you is because you look back to see if they heard you and they're doing what they heard. And God is watching Abraham. And he's watching him do what he was hearing. But do you know the enemy would like to come while we're hearing and, and while we're obeying what we heard? The enemy likes to throw all kind of doubt there. He gets this question. That wasn't God. Why would God want you to offer up Isaac? That's the son of promise. Didn't you hear him say, that's the son that you love? I mean, can you imagine all of the thoughts that were going through his mind as they're on this journey? And think about this. When does he tell Isaac about this? They're on this journey. Isaac probably thinking we're having a dad-son weekend. This is going to be quiet. We just have some alone time. Just the two of us. How sweet this is going to be. Oh, you know, Isaac's probably think this is going to be memorable. Yeah, it's going to be memorable. But if you're Abraham, what about Sarah? Did you tell Sarah? Do we, see, we don't think about these things. Because... I don't, and I don't know the answer. And the Bible doesn't tell us whether he did or not. But these are things that we need to ponder. Because if he told Sarah, I don't think he'd be taking this trip. And so he had to say something to Sarah like, Hey, you know, I haven't had some quality time with Isaac lately, so I think me and him are going to go up to the mountain. And we'll, we'll come back sometime. Oh, okay. I mean... These are the things we have to think about because this is amazing to me what, what Abraham is doing. But it's even more amazing to me what Isaac does and doesn't do. You know, he asked his father, he said, Father, I see the wood and I see the fire. He even saw the knife. 
Because it says that before they left, they gathered all of that, gathered the knife for the slaughter. But he says to his father, he says, I don't see the sacrifice. And this is while he's carrying the wood on the back of his, his shoulders. So let's pause here for a moment too because this is something that we need to understand concerning Abraham and Isaac. Abraham had taught his son about burnt offerings. This wasn't the first rodeo for these two. Abraham was well aware that, or Isaac was well aware that his dad had offered burnt offerings to the Lord on a regular basis. Because Isaac, as they're preparing this and as they've walked a ways, and when they get to this place where it's just him and his dad going up to the mountain, Isaac comes to the conclusion, hey, you know, we've been through this burnt offering thing before. I see the wood, the fire, the knife, but I don't see the sacrifice. And so, I want to encourage, I maybe should have preached this on Father's Day. Dads, but, you know, even moms. We need to teach our children about the things of the Lord. Don't let osmosis be the way they learn. You instruct them. And then they get up to the mountain. Oh, my goodness. They go up to the mountain. Well, let's read what happened. Verse 9, Genesis 22, 9. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Now see, we just read that and we think, no big deal. Now, I forgot to check because I knew it at one point, but so I'll throw the two numbers out that I remember. Isaac was either 13 or 17 at this point. Okay? So they've had some time together. How do you think Abraham was feeling when he's starting to tie the rope around Isaac? I mean, we just read this and we just kind of glance over it. But when, he, when Abraham's making that circle around Isaac, are tears coming from him? Because he doesn't know what's going to happen. All he knows is he's being obedient to the things that he was hearing from God and that he was to offer his son as a sacrifice. And so he's binding him. And I can imagine the tears flowing, but... On the other hand, if you're Isaac, can you fathom what Isaac was, was, what was going through in his mind? You know, he's got to be somewhat like this. I mean, for me, I'm thinking I, w I wouldn't be standing like this. I'd be moving all kinds of things. I'd be running, hopping, jumping. I'd be trying to get down from that mountain. But Isaac just stands there. So this says that in verse 20, Genesis 22, 1, it says, and God tested Abraham, and I'm thinking, tested Abraham, yeah, but he tested Isaac as well. Because Isaac has to stand there while his dad ties him up. Were there tears going down Isaac's eyes? 
And then Abraham has to lift him up and lay him on the altar, on the burnt offering of wood altar that he prepared. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, they've gone through this before, and Abraham's thinking, or Isaac's still thinking, you know, Dad's going through all the things, but I sure, I, you know, he's probably looking, I don't see that sacrifice. And then Abraham had to break the news to him, son, you're the sacrifice. I mean, can you imagine the pain in Abraham's heart? The pain in Isaac's heart. Let me read verse 9 again. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order to in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Verse 10. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. How amazing is this? I mean, it's one thing, he's bound. He lays him on the altar. And then he takes the knife and he lifts that knife up. And he's getting ready to slaughter his son. And here's the point of the message. If you are hearing God and you've heard God, we need to keep on hearing God. Because Abraham had to be thrilled when he heard the voice of the Lord again. Thank God he was keeping on hearing. But as much as Abraham was grateful for hearing the voice of God again, don't you know Isaac was grateful? And don't you know Isaac was grateful that his dad obeyed the hearing that he was hearing? What if Abraham would have said no to that voice and said, I heard you, like we do. You told me I was supposed to do this. And we get this attitude. I'm going to do it. I heard God. I'm going to do this. <laughs> May as well kiss Sarah goodbye. You're going home empty handed. She's not going to be real kind. But he was hearing. He was hearing. He heard. But he was keeping on hearing the voice of God. And that's exactly what God has called us to. How we get stuck is we get stuck because we, we forget to be keeping on hearing the voice of God. And we go off of what we've heard. And do you know, Jesus said that we're going to live off daily bread. His daily voice. His daily speaking to us. So Abraham was thrilled that he was keeping on hearing. Isaac was thrilled that he was keeping on hearing. 
And again, I want to remind you that this wasn't their first rodeo. They knew what was going on. Isaac knew what his dad was doing. It said in Genesis 22.1 that God tested Abraham. If you haven't figured this out, I want you to know God still tests us every day. God knew that Abraham was going to pass the test and he knows we'll pass it too. But he's given us that choice. Has God, of, has God asked of us something differently? Or different lately? And we're hesitant to obey. God tests us on our hearing by looking to see if we're obeying what we heard but also trusting that we're going to be keeping on hearing his voice. And will we do this even when it doesn't seem to make sense, even when we don't understand? Isaac was the son of promise, and he was the one that was going to make Abraham the father of many nations, and yet it didn't make sense for God to say, let me have him. If you'll turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 15, I would love for you to turn there because I think it's important that we see this in our Bibles and that you don't think it's just in mine. You see, we can get caught up in what we think God wants, but I can tell you what God wants. God wants us to keep on hearing His voice. He wants us to be a people that are keeping on hearing His voice that are living daily off of his voice. You know, um, they had manna to live by in the wilderness, and it was provided for them daily except for on the weekend. And that's what God wants to do for us as well. He wants us to live daily off the voice of God. And there's more to come in this, but... First Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, and the story about this is Saul wasn't completely obedient to the Lord. And so Samuel has to talk to him about it. So 1 Samuel 15, 22. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold. Best say behold. To obey is better than sacrifice. To listen than the fat of rams. You see, we can get so caught up in what we've heard and we forget about the hearing. And God is after our hearing, our obeying, and our keeping on hearing. He's not interested in our, in our sacrifices that we make. You know, we're the ones who make the big deal of our sacrifices. Well, you don't know what I do. This is what I do for that church. And they don't ever, you know, reciprocate and, you know, yada, yada. Okay? Your pay's out of this world. But obeying the voice of the Lord. He doesn't delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. And the question is, are we willing to do that? 
I want God to be able to say at the end, when He's asked me to do something and I don't understand it and doesn't make sense to me, but I know it's a test, but I look forward to when He says, for now, I know that you fear me. Now, in closing, I want to share this. Well, first let me share this. I was thinking about this message and then Scott and Vicki came. And they were missionaries down in Panama and actually still are. But God just has them here for a little while. And as they were sharing, um, you know, and, and their whole idea when they went down there, they were going to be lifers. They were going to spend the rest of their life in Panama. And then circumstances had it, and Scott moved back, and then the Lord spoke to him, and then Vicki was still down there, but God spoke to her as well, and now they're here. But you know what they're doing? They're living daily off the voice of God. They don't, you don't have a new assignment yet, do you? No, they just get to live. And they get to hear God on a regular basis. And I remember when they shared, after they shared, I said, these two people are in the best place anybody could ever be in. Because they are forced to hear God on a daily basis. They're forced to keeping on hearing His words for their lives. I would have to say they're in a test, and I would have to say looking at them, they're passing the test. How awesome is that? In closing, let me say this about Abraham and Isaac. A little bit of life again. And if this doesn't help you, then I apologize. But This is just how my mind works. Now they have to walk three days down. Can you imagine the journey that and the conversation that Abraham and Isaac have? as they're coming back down to meet the two servants that they left there. So they're coming down, and, and I can imagine something like this. Abraham digging his son and saying, you know, son, you could have had your eyes open when I lifted up the knife. <laughs> and Isaac speaking back, no, Dad, my eyes were open. I saw. I just want you to know I trusted you. So I was going to look at it all the way. These are the things that are happening. Because Abraham was hearing the voice of God. He heard the voice of God and was obeying Him. But thank God he was keeping on hearing the voice of God so that God could say to him, for now I know you fear me. Stand with me if you will, please. I hope this blessed you. It has blessed me just to know how God works. And, you know, to see how how amazing God is and how we can trust Him. We don't have to understand everything that He asks of us. We can live daily off of His voice. And it will be good for us.
might be strange, it might be hard, but it'll be good for us. Let's pray. Father, I pray that your words would speak volume to us, and I pray that as you test us, that first of all, we would recognize that it's a test. We can look back, and Abraham didn't have that, but we can we can realize that when we're going through difficult things, it's a test. And Father, I pray that we would pass the test. I pray that you would continually speak to us and that we would be a people who are continually hearing your voice. That we would be keeping on hearing your voice. Father, I pray that our endeavor would be the same as what Abraham got as he obeyed. That you would know that in our lives we fear you. That we trust you. Help us to be like that. In Jesus' name, amen. And again, happy Mother's Day. If you'd like prayer, feel free to come up. But we have some flowers for you as well. So um, moms, make sure you take them. Or uh, guys, you can take them too if you have somebody that you can take them to.